we will go ahead and get started. We are in chapter 27 of Genesis this morning. Quick recap of chapter 26. Uh, we saw Isaac, uh, <clears throat> he had issues uh, with Abimelech. He lied uh, about <clears throat> Rebekah being his sister rather than his wife. Uh, he was found out. Uh, then he was uh, ultimately uh, allowed to stay. But then as, they, as he prospered, they became envious of him. So they asked him to leave. Once he left, they uh, disputed over several wells that were dug. Uh, so Isaac kept moving along uh, until he got to a spot that they uh, no longer disputed with him. Then Abimelech and uh, his, his general and, and one of his uh, confidants went out uh, to Isaac and wanted to form an alliance with him. And Isaac agreed to that. <clears throat> and uh, they formed uh, an alliance. And then at the very end of chapter number 26, uh, ran short on time last time, so we didn't get uh, to mention this, but verse number 34 and 35, the chapter wraps up and says, And Esau was 40 years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of <clears throat> Beri the Hittite, and Bashmath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, which were a grief of mine unto Isaac and to Rebekah. So here Esau is. Esau is uh, pretty much identified uh, with the world. He was a worldly, uh, a type of a worldly person, uh, not necessarily a spiritual person. But Jacob was uh, more... Uh, spiritual, <clears throat> and here uh, Esau took two wives. Uh, he married Canaanite women, and that grieved uh, Isaac and Rebekah. If you'll remember, Abraham, uh, he married Sarah, uh, which was, of course, his half-sister. Uh, then when it came time for Isaac to have a wife, Abraham sent uh, his servant uh, back to their home country uh, to find Isaac a wife, Rebekah, and now here Esau uh, has taken a Canaanite wife, uh, which grieved <clears throat> them. Now, verse number, or chapter 27, uh, and it says, it, verse 1, it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old, I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out into the field and take me some venison. Make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat it, that my soul may bless thee before I die. <clears throat> so here we see now... Uh, and where the Bible says it came to pass, we're not sure exactly uh, the time frame here from chapter, the end of chapter 26 uh, to the beginning of chapter 27. But here Isaac uh, is now roughly 137 years old, and he thought he was going to die. He, he, his eyes were dim, it says, so he had either completely lost his vision or had almost lost his vision uh, 
for those of us that have aged a little bit, we know exactly what that feels like. I did not have to used to wear reading glasses. Now, if I'm going to read something, I have to put them on. Um, <clears throat> things happen as we age. Uh, so here, uh, Isaac um, does, does not know how long he's going to live. He thinks he's going to die soon. Uh, what we will see, though, later on when we get into chapter 35, we will see that Isaac did not die here. He actually ended up living 43, I mean, uh, yeah, 43 years after this, and he actually lived to be 180 years old. Uh, so he thought he was going to die. He was, he was not only uh, blind or partially blind, but he was also very sick in body. <clears throat> um, and... Basically, Isaac was uh, ordering up his last meal. He thought that this would be his last meal. He thought, okay, I'm at the point of death. I'm going to bless my son and pass along the blessing. Uh, so Esau was his favorite. Uh, we know that Jacob was Rebekah's favorite. Uh, and we talked a little bit about that uh, back when... Um, we saw Abraham and Sarah, and then uh, Sarah couldn't have children, so uh, he married Hagar, Sarah's handmaid, and have a child with her. And then uh, there was an issue between Sarah and Hagar, and then <clears throat> Sarah uh, ends up giving birth to Isaac, and Isaac and Ishmael uh, did not like each other, and they hated each other, but especially Ishmael hated Isaac. Uh, and we talked about that being a dysfunctional family. Well, guess what? It didn't stop there. So now here uh, in Isaac's family, we're going to see the dysfunction here. Uh, Isaac and Rebecca are not on the same page. Their children are just like <clears throat> Isaac uh, and, and Ishmael in the sense that they don't get along as brothers. Uh, they compete with each other and they don't much care for each other. Uh, and there's all kinds of issues and problems within the family. So uh, hopefully that makes you feel better, makes us feel better about our family situation. Uh, we, there's, you know, it's, it's funny because we look at other people and we say, oh, they have a perfect family. They, you know, I remember when I was growing up, I thought of maybe some of my friends, they've got the perfect family. They've got a great mom and dad or whatever. Well, you know, there's, there is dysfunction in every family. I just hate, hate to break the bad news to you. Uh, no, no family is perfect. Uh, neither was Abraham's. Neither was Isaac's. <clears throat> now, uh, Isaac uh, favored Esau, so he wanted to give him the blessing. Now, we know that Esau despised his birthright, and he sold that to Jacob for uh, some lentils or a cup of soup or a bowl of soup. Uh, and he married those Hittite wives. So basically, he had effectively disqualified himself to carry on the blessing that God gave to Abraham because he had to have a pure line because the Lord Jesus Christ was going to come through the bloodline of Abraham, which he could not come through Ishmael because Ishmael was the son of uh, an Egyptian handmaid. So God could not pass the blessing along to him. That's why it had to go to Isaac. Uh, and then Isaac wanted that blessing to go to his eldest son Esau because he favored him. Um, and then uh, the th decisions that Esau made, uh, that effectively disqualified him uh, from carrying on that promise. Now, God knew this would happen, 
And that's why he said that Esau would serve Jacob in chapter 25, verse 23. Uh, and the Lord said unto her, talking to Rebekah, two nations are in thy womb and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. This was God prophesying of the future because he knew how this was going to uh, turn out. Now, so he sends Isaac out uh, uh, to kill a deer, venison, and bring it back. And then he was going to bless him. And then he thought that he would die. So let's pick up there in verse number five. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake unto Esau his son, and Esau went into the field to hunt for venison. Uh, and Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, uh, before my death. <clears throat> so Rebekah had overheard this. There's a lot of speculation here that um, Rebecca was uh, a deceitful person and she was uh, purposely listening in on these conversations. Uh, there's people that have speculated that she saw Esau go in uh, to Isaac's tent or she saw, you know, Esau sent or Isaac sent for Esau. So she snuck in and listened. Uh, that could be the case. I don't. I can't say that for sure because the Bible doesn't tell us that she uh, eavesdropped, so to speak. It could be that she was just in her tent, which typically was uh, adjacent to the tent of, of the husband. And she may have just been sitting there doing her sewing or whatever it was that she was doing. And then she heard them speaking because, you know, tents are... you, you, you even in our houses, you can hear somebody speaking in the other room. Well, you can hear even better in a tent. Uh, so I don't know that she necessarily was being sneaky here, uh, but she certainly became sneaky after the fact. <clears throat> now, um, we have to understand that these parents were playing favorites and that will cause problems in the family when you have parents that have favorites especially if the parents make that obvious. <clears throat> so it is obvious from the outside looking in that Esau and Jacob were favored by different parents. It was obvious to them. It was obvious to everybody that was associated with them. It's obvious to us reading this that they were favored, which causes problems uh, in the family. It causes problems in the marriage. It causes problems between the brothers. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Rebecca did things for Jacob that she didn't do for Esau, and it made Esau have hard feelings toward her, his brother and lose respect for his mother. There was times, I'm sure, that Isaac did things for Esau that... Uh, showed favoritism that he didn't do for Jacob, which caused hard feelings uh, in Jacob toward his brother and caused him to lose respect for his father. <clears throat> so as parents, we have to be very, very careful. And a lot of times it's as parents, we will do that without even realizing we're doing it. 
Okay, so if you have, uh, you know, I had, uh, I've had, I have two sons, and uh, when they were growing up, um, they were both wild uh, and were always getting into anything and everything. But we have to be careful because if one child tends to be more obedient than the other child, maybe the other child is a little more self-willed, we can't show favoritism to the child that is more obedient and listens better because that will cause the uh, other child to be even more uh, disrespectful and be even more rebellious when they see that favoritism so we have to be very careful we we have to discipline and we have to uh, correct our children but we can't show favoritism uh, to them because that will cause problems there are there are a lot of homes where the children are at each other's throat and they are at each other's throat because the parents cause that to happen and the parents don't even realize it. So we have to be very aware in our mind about how we speak to our children, how we treat our children, the things we do for our children. Uh, I have known, I have known uh, brothers or sisters, whatever, that even at Christmas time, one child gets more gifts, gets more expensive gifts, gets everything they want, and the other child just gets like the crumbs, you would think. Uh, you know, that, that is obvious to a child. Uh, a lot of times we think that, you know, well, they're just children. They don't know. Yeah, believe me, they know, okay? You knew when you were a kid, okay? I knew when I was a kid. If my dad did something for my brother that he did not do for me, it, I, I noticed it. It was, it was obvious to me. Uh, and even then, uh, I could see that in grandparents as well. Sometimes grandparents will favor the, the grandchildren from their daughter and not the grandchildren from their son or vice versa. Uh, we have to be careful, even as grandparents, not to play favorites with our grandchildren because that will cause um, behavioral problems uh, within those children. <clears throat> now... So Rebecca here gives her son, Jacob, instructions. Verse number eight, she said, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command you. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death." So here is Rebecca. She overheard Isaac tell Esau to get him some venison and he's going to give him a blessing. She overhears that and then she starts to scheme. So when we think of uh, Jacob uh, and his scheming ways, where does he get it? He gets it honest. Okay, that was the example that he received from his mother and from his parents, uh, this scheming uh, that he had. So here, think about this. You've got, think about how far Isaac and Rebecca have come. Isaac was a godly young man willing to obey his father even to the point of allowing him to be laid on an altar to be sacrificed to God. He did not fight back. He did not resist. So he was a godly young man. He, and then uh, 
Abraham sent and got him a wife and God was in control of that situation. If you remember, the servant prayed to God to, to reveal to him uh, who he would have to be Isaac's bride. And Rebekah came out and did exactly how the servant had prayed. So this was a marriage certainly made in heaven. God put these people together and they started out well. It said that Isaac loved her cherished her. But how far have we come now that they care more about their children than they do each other? And now the scheming and the, the loss of respect between the husband and the wife. F playing favorites with children will also drive a wedge between the husband and the wife. We have to remember in the family the most important relationship in the home is that relationship between the the husband and the wife, between the mom and the dad. That has to come before the relationship with the children. Uh, I have seen uh, men that care more about their children than they do their wife, and that causes serious problems in the home. I have seen women that care more about their children than they do their husband, and that the, either way, it will cause serious problems in the relationship. Now, Rebecca is using her position as Jacob's mother to cause him to sin. She demanded that he follow God's law and obey her. So she's saying, I'm your mother, obey my voice. Because that's what the Bible said, right? That's what God says, that we should obey our parents. But it didn't give her the right to ask him to do something deceitful, dishonest, and sinful. But that's what she was doing. She was using her position as his mother uh, under the hand of God to ask him to sin against God. Uh, we got to be careful as parents. First, we got to set a good example for our children. And second, we can never abuse our God-given authority over our children. Colossians 3 Verse 20 and 21 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. So as children, uh, we are supposed to obey our parents in all things. But then what does that do? That puts the weight uh, on the parents' shoulders because then in verse 21 he says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So as parents, we have to always remember that what we say and what we do impacts our children, whether we think so or not. It will, it will mold their mind. It will mold their thinking. It will mold their heart. And it will mold who they are as adults based on how we treat them and uh, the things that we do in front of them. So Rebecca told him, you go and... Uh, you, you kill two goats and bring it to me. So Rebecca here, she comes up with a plan to deceive Isaac uh, and to trick him to give the blessing to Jacob. Now, why did she want Jacob to get the blessing? Was it because she thought that Jacob was the uh, chosen of God? That, no, it was because Jacob was her favorite. It's because she liked Jacob more. That, that's why it, it wasn't a don't don't misunderstand that this this wasn't a spiritual thing. OK, she she wasn't thinking, oh, no, let me let, let me correct the situation. Let me help God out because Isaac is supposed to give the blessing to Jacob. No, it was it was all self-centeredness in the sense that Jacob was her favored son. She loved Jacob more than she loved Esau. Uh, and therefore, she wanted Jacob to have uh, the blessing. Now, 
let's look at um, verse number 11. Now Jacob pushes back. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, preadventure, will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. So Isaac here was concerned. It's important that we realize Isaac's concern was not based on he thought that this was wrong. His concern was, I might get caught. <laughs> now, all of us have done that, correct? Every single one of us have been driving down the road and we slow down, not because we think it's the right thing to do. We slow down because we don't want to get a ticket, <laughs> right? So that's basically what Isaac or what Jacob was saying. Jacob wasn't saying, hey, mom, this is wrong. We shouldn't do this. That's not, that's not what he was thinking at all. He was thinking, well, Esau's a hairy man and I'm a smooth man. Now, how hairy was Esau? You know, you, know, you always got those crazy questions that come up like, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? How hairy was Esau? All these kind of crazy things uh, people ask. Well, I will tell you how hairy Esau was. First of all, when he was born, it said he came out hairy like an animal. So how hairy was he? Well, we're going to see here in a minute that what Rachel does is she takes the skin, the, the, the hide from the goats that was killed and puts that on his neck and on his hands. And when Isaac, I mean, when, yeah, when Isaac touches Jacob's hands and his neck, he says, oh, it feels like uh, Esau. So that's how hairy he was. He was hairy as a goat. Okay, now that's a hairy guy. I'm just telling you, that's a lot of hair on a man when you when you feel like a goat. <clears throat> but that's how hairy he was. Um, so <clears throat> Jacob points out points this out to her, and uh, his concern was not what is right but what is safe. And listen to what Rebecca says in verse 13. And his mother said unto him, because he said, "Hey, I might get cursed here." And she said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go and fetch me them. So what she said is, If you get a curse, that curse will be on me. Because I'm the one orchestrating this whole thing. So then he obeys his mother and he goes out and does uh, exactly um, what he told her to do. Now once again, remember, this is all thought up by Rebekah. This was not thought up by Jacob. However, Jacob was just as much at fault because he went along with it. Could he have stood up to his mother and said, this is not right? He absolutely could have. He was a grown man at this point. He wasn't a 12-year-old a kid. He did not have to sin because his mother told him to. Okay, So <clears throat> he is just as much to blame here and just as much at fault. I have seen this in my lifetime. I, I remember uh, there was a friend of mine who pastored a church and he had certain rules for his daughter that there were certain clothes that she couldn't wear. There were certain places that she couldn't go. Well, as soon as uh, he would go to work, her mother would let her change into the clothes that she wasn't supposed to wear and let her go to the places that she wasn't supposed to go. 
I have known uh, couples to where one, uh, you know, a, a child does something wrong, they get grounded, and as soon as that parent leaves, the other parent lets them do it. They, uh, there was a, <clears throat> I knew a couple one time that uh, the dad grounded the child from using the car, and as soon as the dad went to work, the mother gave the keys to her son and let him drive the car. You see, as parents, we have to present a unified front to the children. There can't be uh, only one parent doing the discipline. Both parents have to enforce discipline equally. Uh, and sometimes parents are afraid of being the, quote, bad guy, right? So they won't discipline their children because they don't want their children to think of them as the bad guy. And a lot of times... Uh, and it, it's not really that it falls on the husband more than the wife. It, it's usually when one parent uh, fails to enforce discipline, the other parent has to, has to maybe sometimes against their will start enforcing all the discipline, which causes resentment between the husband and wife, between the parents. So one parent cannot be the disciplinarian one and the other one be the, the, the loving parent. They, both parents have to be loving. Both parents have to be disciplinarians. Uh, if not, it's going to cause major problems in the emotional uh, health uh, of the children. Now, in verse 14, And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son, Esau, which were uh, with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread and she had, that she had prepared, into the hand of her son Jacob, and he came into his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And listen to what he said. Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according to as thou badest me arise. I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy, that thy soul may bless me. So <clears throat> here... Um, Rebecca had it all planned out, all right? We, we got to give Rebecca props. She knew how to, how to trick her husband. She probably knew her husband better than he knew himself. Uh, I am not one to say, uh, it, it's, it's difficult to make broad sweeping statements and we have to be careful of that. We can't say all women are like this and all men are like that. We can't say all parents are like this and all grandparents are like that. We can't say all children are this way, all boys are this way, all girls are this way because that's not true. Now there are generalities, okay, there's certain things that God has blessed women with and there's certain things that God has blessed men with uh, more so a lot of times than the other. Um, Rebecca wanted her favored son Isaac to receive the blessing instead of Esau. She may have believed that she was in the right, but that did not give her license to disobey God. First of all, she, do, she should not have challenged her husband's authority. And second, she should not have asked her son to lie and deceive his father. Ultimately, she should have considered the fact that God was in control Jacob needed God's blessing in his life much more than he needed Isaac's. This is the thing. What was more important in Jacob's life? 
being blessed of God or being blessed of Isaac? I listen, I, there's I'm sure there's people that disagree with me and that's OK. Um, there's commentators that I read after that don't feel the same way. But my personal opinion is it did not matter who Isaac gave a blessing to because the power to change the world, the power to change uh, the path of their sons did not rest in Isaac and which son he liked more. It rests in the hands of Almighty God. If God chose to bless Jacob, it would not have mattered whether Isaac blessed him or not. So this whole thing, in my opinion, was unnecessary and unneeded. However, and we got to understand this too, Later on, as, as we see Jacob's life and we see the blessings that come in Jacob's life, we don't need to think it was because he got a blessing from Isaac. Because Isaac dies. Isaac has no power to change um, fate. God does. So at this point, she should have just said, it doesn't matter who... Uh, gets who Isaac gives the blessing to, what matters is she should have said, Jacob, you follow God and you serve God and your life will be blessed irregardless of what your father does with the blessing. Because that would have happened. Isaac's life would have been blessed the same. that he, he would have had the 12 sons that became the 12 tribes of Israel. All of that would have happened whether Isaac blessed him or not. I truly believe that. Because God did not need... Isaac's approval uh, to, to do anything. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 and verse 25, a couple things. It says, Wives, submit yourself, your husbands, as unto the Lord. And he said, Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church. Now, uh, Dr. Emerson uh, Edricks, he made a statement in his book, said, A man needs respect like he needs air to breathe. A woman needs love like she needs air to breathe. The reason why that in Ephesians, God said for wives to uh, submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord is not because a woman is a lesser being than a man. It's because God knows that he created man and he created woman and he knows how we think and he knows how we feel. He knows what drives us. And basically to what Emerson said here is that respect to a man is everything. And that's why that he told a woman to uh, submit herself to her husband and that means to show him respect because that's what drives him. That's, that's what motivates him. And if a woman chooses to, to disrespect her husband, it will ruin the relationship between the husband and the wife. Notice he did not say, submit yourself to your husband as long as he's a good man and deserves it. Didn't say that. Women are to respect their husband because God said so, not only if they feel like he deserves it. Now, the same thing. He said, husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He didn't say, husbands, love your wife as long as they deserve to be loved. We got to love our wives even if we feel like they don't deserve that love. We have to cherish them and we have to lay down our life for them just like Christ laid down his life for the church. So you see... <clears throat> A lot of times as human beings, we get in this and, and we might say, well, I'll, I'll show my wife love when she starts treating me right. And a woman may say, well, I'll show him respect if he treats me right. Well, that's not what God said. 
God requires me to love my wife and to give everything I have to make her happy and to fulfill her needs whether she treats me right or not, whether she respects me or not, whether she submits herself to me or not, that does not change the fact that I must love her because God said for me to love her, he didn't put any conditions on it. Okay, so the same thing. God did not put conditions on his love for me and you. He did not say I'll die on the cross and save you as long as you're a good person. As long as you never make a mistake, as long as you never commit a sin, as long as you never do anything wrong, He loved us, He laid down His life for us, irregardless of whether or not we would accept Him, irregardless of, whether, of how much we uh, are dedicated to Him, how much we serve Him. None, there's no conditions based on His love. <clears throat> All right, so now we see the deceiving son in 18 through 20. Uh, that's where he came to his father and he said, I am the firstborn. And Isaac said unto his son, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Now, Jacob, he committed a sin in deceiving his father. So he lied to his father and he said that he was Esau. But then he made it to me a uh, thousand times worse when Isaac asked how did you get this done so quickly he said well it was the hand of God father God made it possible for me to be here now did God make it possible it wasn't anything to do with God now we have to be careful because <clears throat> there has been Things that happen in church, in churches, I have seen it because I've been in church my entire life. Most of you have probably seen something similar to this, to where somebody does something or says something and they truly believe that they're doing it to serve God, but really they're going against what the Word of God says and, and the church is destroyed because of it. I'll give you a great example. See, intentions, intentions are meaningless, if you have good intent, the end does not justify the means. I will tell you about a man that was so vigilant in serving God that he actually went after people that were against God. He arrested them and he took them into prison and he ultimately had them put to death. His name was Saul. And he was doing it, not because he hated Christians, not because he was an atheist, not because he hated God. He was doing it in service to God. But then he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And Jesus Christ said unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And that's when he realized, wait a minute, <laughs> I've been on the wrong side this whole time. You see, he did it with the mindset that he was serving God. Now, let me give you a real easy example. There may be somebody that walks in this church this morning that lives a lifestyle that we don't agree with, that dresses in a way that we don't like, that, that wears clothing, that, that may not have shaved, may not have had a bath or whatever, and there are churches that would stop that person at the door and would run them off and not allow them to be there thinking they're doing that in service to God, but in actuality, they're going against the Word of God. Because God told us to love those people, not run them off from the church. 
We should, how, how in the world is anybody ever going to get saved if we run the, the lost people away from the church? But you see, so we, we have to go against our mind and our physical and stay in the spiritual because a lot of people have been hurt because good people that thought they were doing the right thing did the wrong thing. You Listen, you talk to all kinds of people and they will tell you, if you ask them, why don't you go to church? You know what most people will tell you? That were raised in church. Most people will tell you that they don't go to church. They, they went to church. They were in the youth group. They, 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 they uh, were dedicated. They, they uh, served God. But then when they became older, now they don't go to church at all. Why is that? It's because somewhere somebody mistreated them and pushed them away and ran them off. And those folks thought they were doing the right thing. So we have to be careful that uh, we're doing the things that God wants us to do, not what we think is right. Um, Isaac said unto Jacob, <clears throat> uh, Come near, I pray thee, verse 21, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him, and he said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. So what Jacob thought was going to happen, actually exactly happened. And Isaac said, well, I don't understand. It's Jacob's voice, but it sure is Esau's hands, which tells us how hairy Esau was. He was hairy as a goat. Uh, and he discerned him not because his hands were hairy. Verse 24, and he said, ask him again, art thou my son Esau? And he said, I am. So you look at the number of times. Just listen. Jacob's life was not blessed because he got the blessing from Isaac because the blessing from Isaac was undeserved because he got it through deceit and through lies. So if the blessing... If, if Jacob's life, if the promise of God that was given to Abraham went through Isaac and then went through Jacob, it wasn't because Isaac chose to give it to Esau or to give it to Jacob. That wasn't it at all, okay? Because this blessing would have been meaningless. Do you actually think that God would be forced to honor this when Jacob got it through lies and deceit? God blesses whom he will. God is not held captive to what you and I do. God is the one that's in control, not us. Isaac was not in control. Rebecca was not in control. Jacob was not in control of the blessing. God was in control of the blessing. So here he once again lied. Verse 25, and he said, bring it near to me and I will eat my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat. And he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now, and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment. Now, here's once again. Rebekah knew Isaac, and Rebekah knew exactly how to get something over on Isaac. And this is something I said. God gave women a natural ability to read situations. Uh, and um, listen, my wife is smarter than me. 
it's very difficult for me to trick her. She can trick me really easy. Okay? And I think that's true for most marriages. But, <clears throat> ladies, if whether it's a man or a woman, if we use our God-given talents and abilities to trick or to mistreat our spouse, that is wrong. It, it would be wrong for Rebecca to trick her husband no more than it would be wrong for Isaac to physically abuse his wife because God made him stronger and bigger. He could have used his strength to abuse, physically abuse his wife, that is wrong. And it, and it doesn't matter. What, whatever God blesses us with, we can't use that uh, to be deceitful uh, or to use it in a, in a negative way. So here, and so Rebecca put Isaac's, uh, I mean, put Esau's clothes on Jacob because he, she knew Isaac. So he said, come kiss me, my son. Why did he want uh, Esau to kiss him? Because he still didn't believe that this was Esau. So he felt his hands. And when Jacob came over to him and kissed him, he smelled Esau's clothes. And he said, okay, I guess this is Esau. Um, and smelled the smell of his raiment, verse 27, and blessed him and said, See the smell of my son. It is as the smell of the field which the Lord hath blessed. Verse 28. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Uh, be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. And it came to pass, so after the blessing here, uh, Jacob leaves, verse 30, it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. So Esau almost caught him. Jacob, I mean, you can, I can picture it in my mind. Jacob sneaks out of the tent with Esau's clothes on, and Esau's coming over the hill with the venison. He looks up there and goes, oh, my goodness, there's my brother. And he runs in the tent and quickly takes off Esau's clothes and puts them back where they belong. Because scarcely, I mean, as soon as he went out, here comes Esau. So they almost were caught in this whole deceit. <clears throat> um, verse 31. And he also made savory meat and brought it to his father and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of thy son's venison, that thy soul may bless thee. And Isaac his father said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? At this moment, Isaac knew what had happened. Isaac knew that he had blessed the wrong son. And it, it shook him literally to his bones. And he trembled, physically trembled. He says, where is he that had taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten all before thou camest and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, bless me, even me also, my father. So 
the, the rift between Esau and Jacob just became as wide as the ocean. Because not only did Isaac lose all respect for Jacob, but so did Esau. And the hatred between Esau and Jacob just went to a whole new level. They both knew now that Isaac uh, had blessed Jacob and that Jacob had been deceitful. And he said, Esau said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? So, in other words, you'll remember the word Jacob means trickster or supplanter. So Esau said, Boy, he was named right because he is a deceitful trickster. <clears throat> and he cried out um, with bitterness. And he said, thy brother came with subtility and hath taken away thy blessing. Now, first of all, he said, Esau had said that he took away my birthright. Now he took away my blessing. Uh, he felt like that Jacob had tricked him into giving him the birthright, but he actually didn't. Esau gladly gave it away for a pot of stew. So he was the one that begged uh, Jacob and he said, well, what's a birthright to me? He despised his birthright. Now he's blaming Jacob for taking his birthright. <clears throat> uh, verse 37, Isaac answered and said unto Esau, behold, I have made him thy Lord and all his brethren have I given to him for servants and with corn and wine have I sustained him and what shall I do now unto thee, my son? Esau said unto his father, uh, hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac, his father, answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt thou serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass that when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. So basically what happens here in the rest of the chapter, Esau vows that he will kill Jacob. Uh, and he says, when, when my mourning is over, in other words, when his father dies, he's going to kill Jacob. So little does he know, he thinks it's going to be a few days. It's 43 years later before Isaac dies. Okay, So he had to wait a long time to get his revenge on Jacob. Now, <clears throat> what happens is um, Rebekah tells Jacob to flee to her brother, uh, in Haran uh, and her brother Laban and she goes to Isaac and she tells Isaac hey we don't want Jacob to marry one of these Canaanite women send him to my brother Laban to find a wife so then Isaac blesses that and sends him off uh, and Rebekah does that because she is afraid that, I, that uh, Esau is going to kill Jacob and believe me Esau would have killed Jacob. All right, so that wraps it up. We will come back and be in chapter 28 next week.